0: and how you stack up against dozens of other heavy-duty parts businesses. Head to heavydutyconsulting.com and schedule a meeting with us today. All right, let's start this episode.
1: You're listening to the Heavy-Duty Parts Report. I'm your host, Jamie Irvin, and this is the show where you get expert advice about the heavy-duty parts you buy and sell, and keep you informed about what's happening in the industry. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode. Did you know that each week we publish a lot of content? Sign up to our weekly email so you never miss out. Go to heavydutypartsreport.com and sign up today. Welcome to episode 84. In this episode, we're really looking to answer one question. Will 3D printing significantly change the supply chain for heavy-duty truck parts? In 2020, We focused on how emerging digital technology will empower repair technicians and fleet maintenance managers to identify the parts they need to repair commercial trucks and trailers. We talked a lot about how this kind of technology connected to repair information and an e-commerce site will play a significant role in disrupting the traditional distribution channel in the not-so-distant future. It is my opinion that soon some manufacturers will start to use a vertically integrated approach to distribution and will either sell parts directly to the end user through a digital sales channel or will use third party platforms to essentially achieve the same result. This is a really complex issue with many facets and many angles to look at, and 3D printing is part of that puzzle. In fact, 3D printing very well may accelerate the disruption of the supply chain in several ways. But first, we need to establish where we are in 2021. We talked to Brandon Brown, who is a mechanical engineer that is based in the Spokane, Washington area and specializes in additive manufacturing and 3D printing. Brandon currently works at Hawk Ridge Systems. When I talked to Brandon, I wanted to know what the main differences between traditional manufacturing and 3D printing really are.
2: So in traditional manufacturing, you have a bunch of processes that typically fall into one of two categories, which is either subtractive manufacturing, where you're cutting away material from a workpiece to form desired geometry. Think of like milling or turning, or formative manufacturing, which is where you're forming the material of the workpiece into the desired geometry. Think of like injection molding, casting, etc. With additive manufacturing or 3D printing, however, you are taking material and depositing it onto the workpiece to form a desired shape. So you're taking it, you're slicing an object up layer by layer, think about cutting an apple up into slices and stacking those slices on top of each other. And that's what's known as 3D printing or additive manufacturing. The method by which that is done is where you get the different 3D printing processes.
1: So are there different ways of making those layers? So depending on the type of material you are printing, even in some cases,
2: the geometry you're trying to create with the 3D printer that you're using, the method will vary. Most commonly, you guys are probably familiar with the filament-based 3D printers or the fuse filament fabrication machines. They take a thermoplastic filament or, in some cases, actually a metal filament and melt it and extrude it while the nozzle moves around to draw the shape of each layer and deposit material some layers use a bed of powder and a laser or in some cases a binder and a fusing lamp like our hp multi-jet machines do to build objects as well Um, there are printers that use liquid resin there are printers that use a metal wire or spray powder metal into like a jet of plasma there's a lot of different 3d printing methods out there for a whole wide variety of applications
1: Okay. So I'd like to talk a little bit about some of the advantages of this style of manufacturing over the traditional subtractive type of manufacturing that many of us in the truck parts industry may be familiar with. For example, when I was remanufacturing early in my career, we used lathes and we were making components to go in those remanufactured valves. And in order to do that, we'd take like bar stock, put it in a lathe. We would cut it down and make it into, let's say, a piston. And that piston would have an O-ring for a seal. And then we would add the O-ring, take that part we had made and put it in the reman unit. And when we went to clean up at the end of the day, there'd be a big pile of aluminum or brass at our feet where we had been machining all day. So that's subtractive traditional manufacturing. That's what we're used to. Tell us the advantages of 3D printing and that style of manufacturing. So you actually touched on one of the main points there.
2: So 3D printing is actually very efficient from a material standpoint. Minus some support material, or in s- with some methods, uh, you'll lose a little bit of powder due to various process phenomena. It's very, very efficient in terms of material usage. So you're only using the material you need to make the object that you want, rather than you know taking a huge block of like. I know in the aerospace industry, they'll get you know huge block of titanium or you know some exotic metal and cut it down and hog it out to the point where there's only like 20% of it left. Pretty wasteful from a process perspective, but in terms of other advantages. One of the really big ones is short lead time or turnaround time. The process cycle time can be higher. There's a lot less setup time. There's a lot less human involvement. And there's a lot less processing time overall. So if I were to machine a part, if I needed to like machine a piston, like you were going to say, hypothetically, I would need to go get the bar stock. I'd need to cut the bar stock to length. I'd need to potentially develop any tooling I'd need, as you probably are well aware, and go through multiple setups, multiple machines, touches multiple people, not to mention all the design tasks involved in the engineering side, just to get one part. And while if you're making, you know, 10,000 of them, that's not a huge deal. But if you need one, you know, that's a lot of investment in time and money just for one part. This is where additive manufacturing really comes in because. Not only is it you know, a little cheaper in that way, but once the engineering work is done, you're working off of a digital file set. What you would do in that case is send the slice data or the toolpath data to the machine. And while it might take longer, could take upwards of a day to build that part. Once it's done, you know, you're not really a you're not really messing with it while it's printing. So it's completely the lights out. There's not a whole lot of programming involved either. It's pretty simple to program these machines, at least at a certain point compared to say like a 5-axis CNC or you know even other you know multi-axis operations, it can be rather involved. There's no tooling, no custom tooling either. So it's really flexible. You just send it to the machine, it kind of goes, you take it out. There might be some post-processing involved, uh, depending on the method you're using and the part you're using. But even that is becoming very automated in a lot of cases. So what this really gets you is instead of having to spend all that time, even though the cycle times and those processes are shorter you get a longer cycle time, but you get a much faster turnaround time. It's design, print, post-process, parts good to go.
1: When Brandon was talking about the advantages, I realized that while many theoretical or research studies talk about all the amazing things that are possible for the future of 3D printing, I really wanted to find out what was going on in the world of heavy-duty parts manufacturing and 3D printing right now. So I wanted to go directly to the source and talk to a manufacturer who's using 3D printing. We talked to Aaron Schlumpberger, who is the manufacturing engineer leader at MICO. And MICO is a division of ZF Wabco. So if you're ready, I'd like to go through the the questions now. All right, let's go. Now, ZF Wabco is a global leader in heavy-duty parts manufacturing, and they are on the cutting edge of many technologies that are changing the commercial vehicle parts manufacturing industry. Aaron talked about the ways they are using 3D printing.
0: That's a great question, Jamie. The biggest thing that additive manufacturing has changed in the way we build prototype parts is the speed, the amount of time it takes to get a part. Uh, That's a physical representation of the valve or whatever it is you're manufacturing in your hand has been significantly reduced. Um, What used to take days or weeks to produce something using machining and subtractive manufacturing can now be replaced by a, a process that gets a part in your hands that's a, a physical representation of, of the part you're looking to manufacture it can now be done in a, in a matter of hours and another huge advantage to it is the decreased cost. It's a lot more expensive to tool up a CNC machine and produce a part out of metal in traditional subtractive manufacturing is much more expensive than running prototype parts on a 3d printer and additive manufacturing. So I'd say the biggest two things are definitely cost and the amount of time it takes and there's other several other benefits including I would say this the skill level required. It's a much more accessible technology by people um, versus looking to uh, a cNC machine shop that's a that's a whole another skill set there.
1: again, I'm struck by how it doesn't seem that any finished products that are being purchased by fleets themselves are being produced with 3D printing or additive manufacturing.
0: Yeah, that's a that's a good point because it's we're still not to the point where where 3D printing and additive manufacturing is a replacement of subtractive manufacturing. It's going to remain a complementary manufacturing processes. The restrictions, I guess I would call them, are in the material compositions of the 3D printing material you're using it's getting better and it's improving very very fast as we speak but it's still not to the point where it can hold up in the harshest ranges of environments from extreme cold to extreme heat the physical and mechanical properties of the materials in 3d printing are kind of a limitation as well as the level of precision of the, the 3d printing 3d printing again is improving and evolving very very fast but it still has a long ways to go to Reached the same level of precision as subtractive machining or subtractive manufacturing, uh, cutting parts on CNC. Right now, we're not manufacturing any parts on a 3D printer that's sold directly to our customers. It's supporting our manufacturing operations. So we're 3D printing components that are used as nests to hold the parts to inspect them with a CMM. We're using the 3D printer to produce fixture components that are used on our production tooling. And as I mentioned earlier, we're using the 3D printer to get foundries tooling for the molds, for sand castings. We're also using 3D printing for marketing. It's a very valuable tool to produce cutaway cross sections of a finished valve to give you a visual representation of all the intricacies on the inside of the valve. And another application that we've found forward is Uh, When we're going to trade shows and showing our customers our valves, it's much more easy to throw some 3D printed parts in a suitcase than, than lug around the actual functional valves. They're much lighter. People can hold them in their hands and still checks all the boxes and gives us a representation of the parts, but without the inconvenience of lugging all that stuff around with you.
1: When I asked Aaron what he thinks about the future and what the future may look like for 3D printing and commercial vehicle parts, this is what he had to say.
0: Yeah, I believe that's it's common. I see it in other industries, under other manufacturers. You know, I'll, I'll buy something online and it'll show up and then I'll start looking at it and can tell this is a 3D printed part and it's becoming more and more common to see that. But in our application with hydraulics and the amount of pressures, our valves are sustaining and the strength compositions are just not there quite yet with the 3D printing. And I'm thinking it's going to get to the point where the technology becomes capable of it. I keep saying this over and over again, it's so true that 3D printing is, is evolving so, so fast. So I anticipate and expect to see improvements over the years that enable the 3D printing to become a solution for a finished product of ours.
1: It is clear that the main advantages of 3D printing to the manufacturers includes reducing the cost of research and development, tooling, and the consolidation of multi-part subtractive manufacturing into single-part 3D printing, which reduce waste. This will lead to the complete automation of production lines, thereby reducing the cost of manufacturing of both parts and entire commercial vehicles in the future. But it seems like we are a ways away from that being a reality. As this technology continues to improve, aftermarket parts manufacturers may find themselves in a very difficult spot in the near future. While they will be able to capitalize on the advantages of 3D printing in many of the same ways that the OEMs do, there may be a conflict that aftermarket parts companies will have a difficult time overcoming. OEMs have every right to patent the 3D printing designs used to make heavy-duty parts, thereby restricting the ability for aftermarket parts manufacturers to produce alternatives for the marketplace. This conflict will no doubt be in part resolved in international courts. Aftermarket parts manufacturers are going to have to put a heavy emphasis on developing new designs and technology that exceeds OEM specifications and performance in order to remain competitive in this new marketplace dictated by digital technologies like 3D printing. One of the clear advantages for remanufacturers of heavy-duty parts is the ability to produce parts that are no longer supplied by the OEM or other aftermarket parts manufacturers. As these commercial vehicles using these parts approach the end of their lives, remanufacturers are going to be able to capitalize on 3D printing technology to be able to reproduce the components necessary to keep these parts available to the market. Being able to reproduce obsolete parts that are no longer in production is a critical component of remanufacturing heavy-duty parts. While aftermarket parts manufacturers may struggle to use patented 3D printing designs, remanufacturers may not have the same legal struggles with producing parts for older equipment. They may be able to provide the industry with improvements on original equipment designs, thereby not having to deal with the patent infringements Of not only the part being manufactured, but also the 3D printing design. 3D printing is going to play an important role in the development of the digital sales channel. One of the major challenges for e commerce in 2021 and beyond is order fulfillment. When repairing commercial vehicles, fleets and repair shops require heavy duty parts to be delivered within a couple of hours. Therefore, companies using e commerce are still very reliant on traditional distribution to fulfill the orders. 3D printing is the very technology that may completely cause traditional distribution channels, especially aftermarket warehouse distributors and retailers, to collapse. Imagine needing a part, ordering it through an e-commerce site, and that part being manufactured in a nearby warehouse and delivered by an autonomous vehicle. This very well may be the future of heavy-duty parts distribution, and, if this comes to pass, it will mean the collapse of traditional wholesale distributors and retailers who currently use brick and mortar warehouses and retail stores to stock and deliver parts. If you doubt whether or not this will actually happen, check out Amazon's patent for 3D printing in delivery vans. Amazon imagines a world where package trucks will have the ability to 3D print items the moment they are ordered on board the truck as the truck rushes to deliver those parts to the person who's ordered them. Although we may be years away from this reality, it is clear that 3D printing is going to play a significant role in disrupting the supply chain of manufacturing heavy-duty parts and commercial vehicles and will be part of the equation of the total disruption of the traditional distribution of heavy-duty parts. Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode of the Heavy-Duty Parts Report. I'm your host, Jamie Irvin, and I'd just like to remind everyone to focus on cost per mile and... (laughs) Let's keep those trucks and trailers rolling. HTA Truck Pride is the heart of the independent parts and service channel. They have 750 parts stores and 450 service centers conveniently located across the U.S. and Canada. Visit heavydutypartsreport.com slash hdatruckpride today to find a location near you. Again, that's heavydutypartsreport.com slash hdatruckpride and let the heart of the independent service channel take care of your commercial equipment.